Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. You know, one of the things I'm going to do right now, because we have limited time with my next guest, the U.S. Agricultural Secretary, Tom Vilsack, and we really appreciate him being up with us this uh, this morning. And it's interesting how the, the caller, just before we end, it, end the first segment, was a farmer who said, look, you know, you got people out here who are getting paid not to farm and, and uh, like, we need to feed people. We can. Uh, but I wanted to ask uh, uh, Secretary Vilsack, first of all, good morning and thanks so much for being on the Madison Show. Could you talk about the news you just made about sending out checks to black farmers and other historically disadvantaged farmers and why this is so significant? Uh, you bet, Joe. Good morning to you. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, look, uh, the American Rescue Plan was designed to provide assistance and help to the folks who've had a particularly difficult time during this pandemic. It has also, uh, also included a provision uh, that Congress re- requires the Department of Agriculture to basically provide debt relief to socially disadvantaged farmers, which would, of course, course include black farmers, uh, who have done business with the USDA. These are people that have loans either directly with the USDA or loans that were guaranteed by the USDA with a bank. There are roughly 18,000 or so uh, farmers who fall into that category. Today we issued or will be issuing a federal registry notice of the fact that funds will now be available to begin the process over the course of the next several months of paying off those debts and also providing those farmers a check uh, in the amount of 20% of their debt so that they can cover whatever income tax responsibility they may have. Um, This is a reflection of the cumulative effect on socially disadvantaged producers of discrimination that's occurred at USDA. uh, And this is is why it's referred to, you refer to it as really a civil rights bill. It is because it reflects an understanding that when you don't have the full advantage of government programs, and others do, those others have the opportunity, obviously, to grow and expand their operations, and you basically are just hanging on, or in some cases, you lose the farm. Uh, Tragically, that's happened all too many times to black farmers, and so this is an effort to begin a process of trying to keep people on the land. Now, why is this connected to COVID? Uh, and the American Rescue Plan? Well, simply because the previous COVID pa- uh, packages, which provided help and relief during the previous administration, a disproportionate amount of those resources and that relief went to white farmers. Uh, some studies say 95%, some studies say 99%, but the reality mm-hmm. is billions of dollars went to white farmers, whereas black farmers, socially disadvantaged farmers, received far, far, far less. And so this is also an effort, to, uh, a reflection of that disparity, um, which is reflective of the system uh, that is set up to to basically take care of and, and to and to provide relief to those who have large operations in production agriculture. Well, uh, that's the that's the point. The cumulative effect of discrimination has created this gulf uh, between socially disadvantaged producers and, and and other producers. And so what we're trying to do is begin the process of trying to reduce that gap. And, and, and this bill also provides an additional billion dollars to the Department of Agriculture to expand technical act, uh, resources and technical assistance to socially disadvantaged farmers, also looking at ways in which we can expand market access in local and regional food systems 
and also begin to tackle the issue of how land might be accessible to socially disadvantaged producers. So an opportunity for us to continue uh, this effort. Now, let me let me ask about uh, one thing that has come up when we've interviewed some of the black farmers and heads of their organizations. Um, one of the things they, they, they said they had problems with uh, was not so much the Department of Agriculture, but those who would distribute those checks. I think you know what I'm talking about, that they, right. they would they would face discrimination. How does the bill or the program correct that situation? The bill doesn't directly connect, uh, correct that situation, but what we are doing uh, within USDA um, is we're doing a set of internal working groups that are basically looking at our uh, operations to make sure that we root out uh, discrimination and discriminatory practices. The bill does provide for additional resources for the establishment of an equity commission now, this would be outside people, outside experts, taking a look at the way in which USDA operates. Um, there's a difference, uh, Joe, between specific acts of discrimination where an individual at a local office may discriminate just simply because, um, uh, you know, mm -hmm. for whatever bad reason, versus systems and methods and, 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 and programs that have been set up in such a way that they, that they in fact, um, create a, a, a disparity between those who have smaller and mid-sized operations and those larger production facilities. And and that can be a result of uh, decisions that have been made by the department and by Congresses in the past to create this system that creates this gap. And so the, the challenge here is to respond and make sure folks at the local level understand that discrimination is not to be tolerated. And those who do uh, those who do that um, will face consequences and mm -hmm. will be held accountable. Uh, and then secondly, to take a look at the systemic nature of our programs to determine whether they need to be changed in a way that provides uh, additional opportunities for local and regional food systems and socially disadvantaged producers so that we have better balance, if you will, in, in who the department is helping and how we help folks. Well, how do you how do you then address uh, the one article I think I read in the New York Times where the many of the white farmers uh, believe that this is a windfall for minority farmers, and there's this political tension that exists. Well, I, I'd explain to, to to those white farmers that they've had the full advantage of the entirety of the Department of Agriculture for decades. All of the programs, all of the, uh, the resources, all of the help that the department has provided has always been available to them, uh, 100%. That's not been the case for socially disadvantaged farmers, number one. Number two, proof point, COVID relief. Of the people that received COVID relief, we know roughly 25% of these folks on applications that we have at USDA self-certified, if you will, what their race or ethnicity was, all right? So you look at that 25% as a good representative sampling of all of the farmers who received help and assistance. Of the 25% people who identified as white or black, whatever, uh, white farmers in that group received $5.5 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars in help. Black farmers received $20 million dollars. You see the difference? <laughs> oh, do I? Yeah. And okay. you don't have to and be now, a math so, so genius you, to figure that one out. To, yeah. to 100% of the COVID relief folks, you see the significant 
assistance that white farmers received, socially disadvantaged farmers did not. And it's mm-hmm. reflective of a system that, in which people have full advantage, if you will, to, and have had for quite some time. And that advantage has allowed them over time to buy better equipment, to plant their crops on, on mm-hmm. a timely basis, to expand their operations, whereas socially disadvantaged producers are just hanging on if they're lucky. And so the, the question here is how do we create structures and systems that keep people on the farm? I mean, I would hope that white farmers are just as excited about a black farmer continuing to farm as they would be uh, a white farmer down the road because we want people in farming. We want people to produce this a great abundance that we have in this country, and mm-hmm. we, want it, we want to make sure that we have the great diversity in agriculture. Diversity is a great strength uh, in agriculture, diversity of crops, diversity of production methods, and diversity of producers. Uh, I hate to I hate to say final question because it's always based on the last answer, <laughs> Secretary. Um, but and I appreciate the time we have. I, I, the other thing I <clears throat> I don't understand is why are banks fighting this four billion dollar tax relief plan for black farmers? Uh, uh, Joe, you and me uh, together on this one. I, I don't I don't understand it. I mean, banks are basically saying, look. We were counting on the payments under these loans for a long period of time. We have sold these loans. Uh, Those we sold them to are also counting on these payments. Now you're coming around and you're going to prepay. You're you're going to pay in advance, uh, and that's going to cause us some potential difficulty. Here's the problem with that theory. Banks charge a prepayment penalty. So in the loan. It essentially says, look, if you're going to pay it off early, fine, but you're going to have to pay maybe 3% or 4% wow. or 5% of the loan in addition to your principal and interest payment. Right. Most of these loans contain a prepayment penalty, which the United States Department of Agriculture, as part of this debt relief effort, will pay. Banks are going to receive that 3 or 4 or 5% yeah. whatever the penalty is. Right. In addition, they get the money back. Right. So what are they going to do with the money? Well, they're going to lend it again. Right. Right. They're going to lend it to somebody and maybe the interest rate might likely be higher because interest rates have gone up a little bit. So they're not. It's just it's just startling to me. And then what's what's really upsetting is when they basically say, hey, uh, if you do this, we may not lend again to these folks. Whoa. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) A guy pays off the loan, and you're not going to lend it to lend it to him again. Give I mean, me I mean, a break. So, uh, there just doesn't seem to be some some thought behind the reaction in the banks, and I think they've backed off a little bit after um, after that New York Times article. But you know, we're paying the prepayment penalty. That's why you have a prepayment penalty. Yeah, and, and you know, it's 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 like you know, it's like me paying off my mortgage yeah. in Washington D.C. <laughs> I'm really it's yeah. like, and then. And then I say, well, you know, maybe I might want to upgrade and get a bigger place than the condo I'm in. And they said, well, I'm sorry, but, you know, you, you paid off your loan too early, so we're going to yeah, penalize just, you for like, doing it. Think about that. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It's, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, we're, gonna, we're not going to pay attention to their request that we, you know, pay these loans over a period of time. We're going to pay them off because there's an expectation of action. Yeah, uh, the president has an expectation of action. He's directed us to act, and we are acting, uh, for at least by Washington standards, pretty quickly. Um, this bill was passed in March, and we're hoping to get checks out in June. 
All right. Well, that, I'm so glad you, well, that's around the corner. And that's pretty fast for Washington standards. You know, it is. usually, it is. usually it's, it's, it's minimum 90 days to get it going. But, right. well, it's been almost 90 days, March, April, yeah. May. But uh, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on and explaining this. And so clearly to us non-farmers and and uh, and thank you, and I look forward to talking to you again. Anytime we can appreciate help, let us know. Appreciate it, Joe. Have a good day. You too. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.